It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Bleeding Blue. My name is Justin. I am not coming to you from my house. I am coming to you. Uh, I already said it when we started the interview with Clem. I'm coming to you uh, from my work. It's uh, five o'clock now on a Friday. And I'll be honest, Snacks, I'd rather be talking with Clem, who we interviewed Clem from Barstool. That's what this episode is. I don't want to be talking to you right now. I'd rather be talking with him. But we did have a really good conversation about like about like his Giants fandom and all that kind of fun stuff. So, Snacks, how are you doing? Did you enjoy doing, the interview? I'm doing great. I love the interview. I really did. Uh, I was I was skeptical on what, what the interview would, would be like because it is our first one on a, on a history show um, as opposed to a podcast where you're asking, uh, uh, like when you do a Talking Giants, a beat reporter, questions specifically about the team. Yeah. So it's definitely a different element, but there really is no better personality on, on the internet right now than, than Clem and, and Barstool. And he was, he was a treat. The energy and the excitement and the enthusiasm and passion, it, it just resonated through the, through the screen. And I thought, I thought it was a big hit. So uh, greatly appreciate Clem. For me, I'm doing great. I'm always doing great. You know why I'm doing great? Well, it's Pizza Friday when we're recording this. Well, that's correct too. But I'm also in a terrible mood. So. But you, but you love to be miserable. That's right. That's why ah. I'm in such a great mood. <laughs> this is perfect for me right now. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Look at this. By the way, look at this Nike shirt. Nike, it's a nice Nike shirt. Beautiful shirt. golf we talk, Nike shirt. We talk about your hair on the podcast. I mean, you, yeah. you, you were really looking look great. Barstool Clem is one of the most famous Giants fans in the world. I mean, really, like, you know, I would say LPG, Joe Ruback is unequivocally. Right. LPG you know, is number one always. Most yes. famous Giants fan in the world. But I think. Giants fans. I'm not talking about beat reporters. I'm not talking about players. I'm not talking like Giants fans. I think Clem is like number two, the most famous Giants fan in the world. We got him. We talked about his fandom. We talked about like the origins of his fandom. So without further ado, here is Clem from Barstool. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my motherfucking uncle. Okay. Welcome back from Bleeding Blue. Yes, I am uh, coming to you from my work, and I'm in the testing room of the school that I work in. Let's get over it. Okay, it's 4.30 on a Friday afternoon. I usually hate timestamping podcasts or shows, but I don't care because I need to tell you that there's not a lot of people in the world that I would want to talk to on 4.30 in the afternoon on a Friday. Snacks is not one of them. We are interviewing Clem from Barstool, Barstool Clem. We're talking about your Giants fan, and we're talking about some Giants history. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm going to just go out there and say this is going to be Coach Judge's favorite episode because he's a learned man too, right? He loves education. He's an educator. He likes to have higher coaches that will educate the players. So this is going to be his favorite uh, show. That's what I'm going to tell myself at least. Uh, nowhere I'd rather be on Friday. Uh, we were talking about it um, 
uh, on DMs, you know, getting this all set up, how this is like, we're right now, it's, you know, beginning of March. It's the time where the season's over and it's all the smoke screens and just like people are just talking about if they're going to cut Zeitler for like 24 hours straight when like, or like the Sterling Shepard stuff a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. it's like nothing's happening and everyone's losing their minds about it. We just craziness. So I'm just happy. We just talk like normal people or as normal as the three of us can get. Let's be honest here. Right? Well, you're smart because you're not a part of that, but I'm happy to have you on because we need to get you back into the giant, into the giants because I'm seeing, and I'm not hating this as a content creator, by the way, because I wish I wish I had the reputation where I can do this and talk about multiple things. I'm seeing too much WandaVision. I'm <laughs> seeing too much Mets. I'm seeing too much Knicks. It's too much. We got to get you back on the Giants. So um, don't start about the Knicks, okay? <laughs> we are all the way back, and it feels really good. So don't get on him. Don't get on me. Don't get anybody about the Knicks talk, okay? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm planning on three parades in the next 12 months. So Minimum. The Pe- people... <laughs> People laughing at me. I, I told you, I want Brooklyn. I want to play Brooklyn in the playoffs. I want them so oh, bad. So I, bad. I saw they, they, you know, they're rumored to get uh, Blake Griffin now. And it's like, oh, here we go. That's going to be a thing. The Jets said the Sean Watson stuff was coming up. So it's like we're looking across town and we could be seeing some big stars across the lay of the land there. But uh, I got some snacks. It's Pizza Friday. Pizza Friday during Lent. You can't go wrong on Pizza Friday. Uh, nowhere I'd rather be to get a nice pie at the house. It's one thing I'm putting onto my kids that I grew up with. It's the, you know, you, like we were saying, you get the little Elio square pizza at lunch. You get the nice round pizza at dinner. Everybody's happier than even they would be because the weekend's coming. So let's go. Giants football is our Pizza Friday. We're almost there, <laughs> almost to free agency, almost to the draft when things can actually matter. But in the meantime, we're going to talk some memory lanes and I love it. I, I see. I'm, I'm all for it. I love Pizza Friday. And as we were talking about, pizza is one of the few things in this life I eat. I don't eat fruits or vegetables. Um, tomato, I count in the pizza. So that I, I get I get every all my nutrition's in pizza. Um, but let's 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 kick it off. So I want to I want to ask this first. So obviously, some may know I'm a, I'm I'm a sick fuck. I am fucked in the head. I really am, uh, especially when it comes to this football team. So yes. I have a lot of personal superstitions, traditions, game day rituals, all these things. I was wondering if you had any yourself. Is there anything you do when you wake up Sunday morning or anything Saturday night? You put something under your pillow. I know you're, you're a big lap guy. When you make a mistake, you're, you were running laps. And that I appreciate. I know Justin appreciates talking. Jo- Bobby, everybody appreciates it. But outside of that, uh, like for me, I'll sleep in my Eli, Eli jersey every Saturday night before a game. Every single one, I've done it for years now. And it, I mean, it hasn't worked, but eventually it will. So for you, is there anything that sticks out that you do that's different? It, so I do have a few and they vary. I've, I've noticed that they vary on how good the team is or when things start to matter. So that's when like the ticks come out, like the nervous ticks, right? So during the playoff runs in the past, I, if I sit down, I have to get up, then sit down again. I can't just have a straight sit down. That I'll tell you. It coming back this season when we, you know, we were in the playoff race and all that kind of stuff. And I've become such like a, I hate the negative giants Twitter so much that now it just makes me root for this team. I'm rooting as much against our fans as I am against like the cowboy fans <laughs> and Eagle fans. It's sick, man. It's, it's poisonous. It's toxic. You know what I'm saying? So the, the sitting down twice on the couch, uh, I, I'll usually rotate some jerseys in. I have Eli Tuck, Bradshaw. Um, I don't have any current guys. I actually had a, I had a Daniel Jones one from China. That was like three sizes too small and the Corona hit. And I was like, yep, they're just going to take my 20 on that one. I'll take the L. Uh, and then the other big thing is 
it's 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 just it's not even as much a superstition. It's just to burn the nervous energy because between the Giants, fantasy football, any kind of bet you made, all that kind of stuff, I have to I have to do like some cooking in the morning. I can do a sauce. I'll the, the Sunday sauce. We're talking pizza Fridays. Mm, there Sunday you go. Sauce in the so house. glad you said that. Um, maybe a chili later on when it gets colder. That kind of stuff. And then my other thing is, I'll, I'll, if if like that stuff's all running, I'll just I'll tell my wife I'm gonna go do groceries because I need to burn that anxiety out. Uh, and my new thing is. You just try to do one good deed in the morning to show the football gods, give us some juju, you know, late in the fourth quarter, there's a big play. Just remember that I, I went out and took my wife's car, filled up her tank with gas. So when we come home and I ask all my followers, everyone get on here now, let's get our good, you know, good deeds out, whatever it may be, go to church, do whatever you have to do. Uh, you know, give a dollar to the kids selling candy outside the store, whatever needs to be done. All hand together blue, right? That's the hashtag together blue. All That's hands a great on point. Back. All hands on deck together, boo. I, I love the good deed part is, is phenomenal. I, I, I go to church Sundays. Um, there's a chance that I, I hit I hit an off-season groove where it's not football season, and I may wake up a little late and don't hit Sunday mass. But I tell you, 8.30 Sunday, during football season, I am there every time. So I can appreciate a good deed. I love it. I love so, it. So what's the motion of the couch? So you do you sit down, get back up, then, then sit down again? That's the motion? So it's, it's down like – Feel the both both cheeks press back up down. So it's down up down like that. Have you ever seen like the nineteen set? Now this is about to be a crime that I'm about to bring this up. Have you ever seen like the nineteen seventies Dallas Cowboys Tom Landry, the offensive lineman, the motion at which they oh, go down at the three point stance? No, I'm kind of scared though that I'm like mimicking the nineteen seventies Cowboys. You, you are. I, I, I'm. So I am going to tell you. I'm, I'm going to include a clip right now. I could get up and demonstrate if you really want me to. I have the room. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I, I'm going to do it. Definitely. The, yeah. the camera has to stay on me. No one will say anything. Camera stay on me. Okay. All right. So it's like they do this. They're in their two point stance. And then they, they like, they do like a humping motion and they do that. It's like a boom, boom, boom. It's like a three step process. And I'll include, obviously, they actually did it better than I did, but you are oh, mimicking. Are you sure about that? I'm 100% I'm sure because I used to do that naturally when I played in Pop Warner. And then my coaches were like, are you a fucking Cowboy fan? Like, you need mm-hmm. to stop. Because I was like a momentum thing of me Can to I, get down on my stand. Just real quick, I want everybody who has watched this show prior and made fun of when I got up and did the Dave Tollefson kick and the Barry Cofield taser when they made fun of me. I want you to be eviscerated for what you just did. Okay. I practically just twerked. I mean, if, if you, if, if there's it was no nauseating context, to watch, if there's no context, you could say that I'm twerking. Fair. It would, it would be a real shame if someone went out there, edited that video through some like Hardy B on it and made a twerking video out. It would be oh, a real shame. If we well, I'll that. do that. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'll give it. That's why I love you, do, you, you guys. Man. You do have no shame, Justin. It's great. I'll give <laughs> it. I am. I'm such a, I'm such a slut for, uh, attention on social media sometimes and if it if, if it comes at the cost of me embarrassing myself did you see or did, Clem, did you see my waddle my my wobble video yeah oh I, I love that. yeah of course i think it's where this came into my head is yeah. <laughs> that he would do anything on camera anything for a little cloud on camera and the thing is is i, I think i said if this gets like a hundred likes which i mean no, I don't have the most pull on social media, but I mean, I got like 5,000 followers. So if I, if I say I will do this for Bobby's like, why did you ask for a hundred? I'm like, yeah, maybe I wanted to do it. Well, now the, so that's a good thing. Cause that's like, that's superstition. When I was doing, I'm like, this is a problem. Cause if you have to get up and then down and then you're going up and down again. And clearly it like, I think 
I think that started probably in 07 or at least maybe the 11 run. I don't think it started in 07. I think it started in the 11 run. Clearly, it hasn't worked very much since. No, so we're retiring that to the, the, the rafters, gone forever. And I'm going to – something else will naturally present itself because this team or just, you know, football in general brings out the absolute craziness in, in everybody. As yeah. Next can attest on his Twitter timeline. Uh, well, that, that, that is for sure. And I'm, I'm somebody when we wa- I watch games with my, my brother and my father, every, every Sunday, every game we watch, and I stand the whole game, like legitimately in front of the television. So I'm not blocking anybody's view. It's right on the side. And I'm there this whole time. The only time I sit is at halftime. I'll sit and I'll eat a little something and I barely eat. Cause I never have an appetite because the team sucks so much, or I'm just so disgusted by something. And I will stand the whole time and they hate me, despise me. They're like they cannot, I am loud, annoying, everything. Everybody sucks. There's not, there's nobody on the team I like, nothing. Everything is negative energy. So I'm starting to learn a little something about maybe sitting. I think sitting and relaxing a little bit is something that I can, I can take in and, and change because change is good. And let's admit that no matter what you do, it will alter the game that is being played miles away by a complete strangers who have never met you their entire life. You have the pull on this game. I, I am so thankful you said that because everything I do, I personally call, I sit there and I say, I am a two-time Super Bowl champion. People come at to me, come at me on Twitter like, oh, you suited up? I was like, you got them fucking right I suited up. And if I wasn't rooting, they don't win. So don't start. Everything we do, everything we do affects what they do on that field. I am a firm believer in that. Yep. And uh, this is another one I thought of. This is, this is a less like crazy one because I do it in everyone in life. I, I'm basically the volume, even numbers, or – uh, factors of five. So t- five, 25, 15, all that stuff, but it can't be like 19. If I, if I have the volume on 19, I might as well just like take a, a pipe to Daniel Jones like myself. Like it's yeah. just a bad idea. <laughs> I <terrible>. agree. That's <laughs> like me every day. I need, I, oh, I always need the volume on even, I'm glad we're learning. We're learning about our fandom and I'm glad that we're, we're cross-referencing that we're all not so cr- I mean, snacks <laughs> is a different story. Snacks punishes himself every Sunday when the giants lose. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, just saying him out of wine and dominoes. He, he punishes himself. Um, but if everyone does it, it's not crazy, right? No, correct. No, correct. <laughs> like what? Because, because I drink three, two liter bottles of wine and then I eat all the garlic sauce that Domino's has to offer. I don't think it's that crazy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. So we're learning about fandom and this is, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about fandom. So, uh, I want your first Giants memory, or maybe not even the first Giants memory, but the moment that got you hooked on this on this football team. So, I have like I have three things that pop up immediately, and I don't know what order they came in because I was younger. But I'm I'm an old man. I uh, I was born in '82, so I didn't say my age. So then people have to do the math if they want to figure out my age because I hate being this old. Um, so the I just remember. I think it must have been shit. It probably was either playoff game or I think there was a regular season game where they played each other in the um, 86. I remember a lot of Dan Reeves and I'm talking Broncos coach Dan Reeves on the sidelines. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that guy just looks like a football coach. And I remember seeing Parcells and I, I was immediately drawn to Parcells. And then I used to watch the 86 Super Bowl on uh, VHS on loop. And I remember this one time, uh, uh, one of my dad's uh, coworkers was like, if you keep watching, you know, it's going to change. Right. And I was like, really? And he's like, no, you idiot. Like, go back. <laughs> but I remember just watching it on loop. And then the first real memory I have of uh, the Giants was we had the Super Bowl party at my house, Super Bowl 25 Giants bills. And I remember everyone in the party on their knees praying, just like the players were on the field. And obviously Norwood kicks it and misses. And that was like, you know, that was the first 
that was like a big moment. And I, at that point, I remember watching the giants throughout the years, but that was the first thing that like right now I can remember that game. My dad isn't even a huge uh, sports fan at all, but he just loved Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells. It was like the most random thing ever that he just like loved those two guys. I had to hear about Bill Belichick's defensive game plan for Super Bowl 25 from a guy who doesn't know anything about sports my entire childhood. So uh, that, that moment was kind of one of those things where it's like, well, this is your team. I don't know how I got into it. Cause again, my, my dad's kind of a sports fan, but uh, that that's it. Uh, shout out Scott Norwood for making a good memory. My first memory as a Giants fan. I, I, to, to me that that's really cool. Like you said, your father wasn't a big, uh, big sports fan. So you kind of, you kind of picked it yourself in, in a sense, like I know like me, I, my dad, my grandfather were diehard Giants fans. So I didn't have a choice, you know, luckily, thankfully I'm, I'm thankful, but I, I always figure like, if that wasn't the case, do I, do I choose it? If I was born around the, the time you are a young 21 years old, um, <laughs> I probably seeing Scott Norwood miss that field goal in the game that it was, it's, you know, would probably be right up my alley. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's a great first memory. Yeah. So, so, and that's the funny thing is again, so my dad, my dad was big into music. He like plays the drums and stuff like that. So he, he was a Yankee fan growing up and he, and again, I think he became a Giants fan around the time of Parcells and, and all that stuff. But I kind of, I think I chose the Giants probably because of him when it's all said, but it was very much, there was no guiding to that where some people, I think like, if you're not a Giants fan, you're going to get like a spanking or something like that. Right. <laughs> Whereas I chose the Giants and I'm like, thank God I did that. Cause obviously the other local team would not have given me the memories that they have. However, I also chose the Mets. So I feel like I kind of did like the, the head, like the, the, what is it six and one and a half dozen the other like i took both sides of that perfectly balanced as all things should be like thanos said i really kind (laughs) of i could i could have my life be a lot better but i also could have to be a lot worse too at the same point so you grew up with those two super bowls and you know you you were younger for those two super bowls so what did the other two super bowls mean you know there are two most recent super bowls what did those 07 uh, 11 super bowls mean to your fandom and you know even if you have because i love the personal touch that you put on it you know growing up so what did it mean to you like personally to have i mean there was a little bit of a drought that the giants had especially even with losing in 2000 losing in the brutal way that they lost in the 2002 wild card so what did those the the two newest super bowls mean to you as a fan so um it's funny. So 86, I don't remember happening. Obviously I, I like, it's like the 86 Mets. I don't remember one thing. I'm like, if I could just have remembered that I could count it. Like, you know, fans count things. You hear about the, the 27 rings with the Yankee fans. And then even like, they remember even the dynasty rings or the 2009 uh, series and stuff like that. I don't remember 86. So it's almost like 86 never happened. Even though I watched it nonstop on VHS, I had it burned in my brain. Um, Phil McConkie, you know, making catches and stuff like that. Uh, the, the, the 90s Super Bowl, it almost felt like I was playing with house money where it's like I got my thing. It was, you know, it was not only was it a, a Super Bowl win, it was one of the great moments in NFL history. But the 07 Super Bowl, that I forgot about the 02. I think I blocked that out of my mind. I remember I'm sorry. I watched that with uh, Browns and a Steelers. I watched um I watched that 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 night. We were at some buddies upstate in uh in Albany, Central New York. Excuse me. I know people get very upset if you call upstate, you know, anything but that. And I was watching with a Browns fan and my buddy was mocking this poor girl nonstop as she watched this because the Steelers were the, they, they're like the Browns were the first team to choke that day. And I was like, wow, that's going to be what this day is known for. And then obviously we came. So O2 hurt so much and it took such like life out of me. I almost needed O7 to happen just to like get over that pain of O2. And then the, this is the crazy thing. And I know some people might have a different view on this stuff, especially Yankee fans with the Red Sox. I loved 
I like I love the Patriots. I've always loved the Patriots. I've always loved Bill Belichick. I, I agree. I have no beef towards them. I'm a Mets fan. I root for the Red Sox once the Mets are out of it because I could get the Yankee fans to shut up in my life. All that kind of stuff. And the fact that like we had a like I, obviously I was like oh crap we have to go against this juggernaut team and I was like I can't believe this is gonna happen. But once like like when we're in there, this is the thing. When it's all put it done, I had the twenty Super Bowl twenty five. It was awesome. Forty two as soon as it happened, or even I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it i was like that was history and that is something that like almost no fan base is ever going to have that like moment and so i love 25 it was such a personal moment family all that kind of stuff i mean 42 you have to rank that it's almost unfair to um put any other moment about that as a giants fan unless you're something that's super personal to you we are so spoiled to have that moment happen to us 18 and oh greatest quarterback ever greatest coach ever you know greatest dynasty i think all this stuff is true i don't just say that because the giants won it the fact that we were the team that did it and it was in the crazy way with Ty- Ty- the tyree catch which i still hold against joe buck for his call to this day <laughs> oh, oh so boring oh my gosh <laughs> the worst um it, so i i it it, it, it like it it almost felt like my first Super Bowl. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, wasn't it? It's 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 great to me because well, first of all, that that buck was I. <laughs> come on, what a I, Aikman finally got excited afterwards. And Bob yeah. Papa, I always bring this up too. Mm-hmm. Bob Papa had he said David Tyree was wide open down the field. How in God's creation, if you're sitting there in midfield calling the game? saying David Tyree was wide open when Rodney Harrison was draped all over him. <laughs> it, it blows my mind. But Super Bowl 42 is one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. Giants fans are not. So the fact that we get to own that is is amazing to me. Yeah, now, and, I, and the fact and the fact that that's a forgotten team. It's a yeah. forgotten football Dude, team. 18, it's crazy. It's that that stands the test of time forever. They were the, the greatest. The Patriots were the greatest, and I love the Patriots too. I love Tom Brady. I root for I him love every time he's in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, yes. Because uh, whenever he wins, makes us and Eli look better. So mm-hmm. absolutely, go oh. Tom. But eight, they were the best team ever. Like the Dolphins finished it great, but the Patriots just dick fucked everybody that year. Excuse my language, but and we came close week seventeen, and then there we were waiting for him in the Super Bowl as twelve and a half point dogs. Unbelievable game. And uh, you know what? I can go, I could sit here and talk about it all the time, but I have a question and uh, it's, this is a personal one. So a lot of this show is based around um, hatred. Well, in my sense, I, I hate everybody on the giants right now. There's maybe two or three players that I like. Maybe um, I, I hate, I, you know, I love the team. I will always root for the win. But I just hate everybody. That's just who I am. I hate everybody in the Yankees. I hate, I hate everybody. So there's one player in particular in Giants history that I despise and I wish nothing but bad on. And um, his name is uh, Tiki Barber. As you oh. can see. I, uh, I ripped his head off last week in, in anger and frustration just at the thought of his name. Um, and his legacy is very much in question. I would assume that more Giants fans hate him like me, maybe not to the vitriol extent that I hate him, but I'm curious to, to hear about what you think of, of Tiki and his legacy with, with the team. It really is a tricky one. And the thing about Tiki is when he was playing for the giants, he was, I loved him. I mean, oh, I worship Clem. I worshiped him. That's yeah. like what, what really made me fall in love was Tiki Barber. I worshiped him. I think that was like the first Jersey. And like, I, I bought the authentic Jersey as like a pork, like, 
high school kid, right? I, I, I like that because it was like, this is my guy. He's going to be the guy for the rest of my life. And even this stuff with Strahan, which I hated, I hated on both ends and it drove me yeah. nuts at the time. But it's, it's like, you know, I understand these guys want to get paid. I know there's like stuff that goes on in the locker room and all that. But like the way it all ended with Eli, I immediately was like anti Tiki. I, this is the thing though. This is very tricky and it's unique to people like me, us gypsy fans, as my guy KFC calls us. <laughs> he broke the Steve Cohen news and brought that gr- good into my life. He basically delivered my baby for me. Or he told me like, I was going to have a baby. I'm like, I'm going to have a baby. It's like, yeah, this baby's going to be rich as hell. And your life's going to be so much better because of this baby. <laughs> so I almost have to lump that in with all like the negative of Tiki's time. And then we did a, a show at bar school. We did our draft show and he was the guy with me. And I, I even busted his house. I'm like Tiki, don't you go out and like, he was talking about Daniel Jones. He was actually, he was cool with Daniel Jones. I was like, don't you try to, you know, sandbag another quarterback. And he was actually like really nice. Cause he is, he is like a, he can laugh with the, he can roll with the punches and all that stuff. But I feel like in the grand scheme of things, what happened to him, like, the fact that Michael Strahan is basically living the life he was trying to like set himself up for, mm-hmm. it's like the worst kind of like tragedy you could have happen to a guy. So it's like, am I really going to be that angry at him? I feel like it's one of those things that as we go further and further away from it, at least some fans, I know people that you stacked, you'd be like the last guy if you ever turn the corner. As you can tell, you just ripped his head off a week ago. Mm-hmm. But like, I do like, this is the thing, Tiki Barber, he didn't win that Super Bowl for us, but he did inspire Eli. If, if, Tom Coughlin gets fired. If Tiki does a ball out and Tom Coughlin gets fired, all that stuff just disappears. So in a weird way, like I have to do that. And again, I'm a million percent saying this because he delivered Steve Cohen to me <laughs> on a random radio Wait, show. It is, it is fair. It is fair. T- Tiki Barber. I'm behind. I mean, yeah, I'm he, a, brought, he broke the Cohen. Yeah, he broke the what? Yeah, and, on t- Tiki and Tierney that nobody listens to. So it took a while for the for the sound for it to get out, and and that was it. Yeah, I remember that. So I can understand that, Clem. I can absolutely understand it. And a weird thing you you brought up, and I never really thought of it. And I'm sorry to interrupt. I know you're gonna get back some. Um, Tiki, you know, blasting Eli and his leadership, and blasting Coughlin and everything after that 06 season when he was, you know, he, you know, finally got suited into the media. Maybe that was the fuel of the fire that that team needed. Maybe, maybe I should give him more credit. I'm not going to, but maybe I should. <laughs> you know, I, I had a, I had a run-in with his family a, a couple of years ago. We won't get oh into boy. it. Uh, no, we don't, we're not going to get into it. Oh we don't want to do that. I'm not going to waste anybody's time. It was ridiculous. I, you know, it, it was at the game, the home opener, 2018 against Jacksonville. We don't talk about it. But in, in a weird way, I, I, maybe I'm coming around to Tiki. I, I don't I, listen. I don't want to take any hate out of your heart. If you have hating your heart, let it out. <laughs> Clayton Bixby said that once upon a time, but like it's, it, it really is. Tra- I mean, I go off, I go based off the uh, 2007 America's game, the finest film ever produced in the history of mankind. Right. At and, by far. and they did say like, I think the locker room kind of looked at Eli that he at least stuck up for himself and all that kind of stuff. I and mean, this could all just be everyone's waxing poetic. And if they lose in the first round of the playoffs or they don't beat the Patriots, this all gets swept under the rug, but it is kind of funny too. Like everyone forgets this. Now Daniel Jones just gets assaulted on Twitter nonstop by giants fans, not giants fans. Like Every single one of those Giants fans would have hated Eli Manning because Ben Roethlisberger, who we would have drafted, won a Super Bowl his rookie year. They would have hated Eli. Phillip Rivers was looking good on the Chargers at that point. They would have – by that point, he was starting. Yeah, they had gotten rid of Breeze by that point. Eli Manning – and Eli Manning in 07 was no sure thing to, like, you know, get picked up on the rookie contract and then become, like, the long-term guy. And it all just worked out perfectly. Obviously, bet on himself gets up getting the the contract from it. But all those – like, that's why I don't get too – down on the people who like hate Daniel Jones 
just because I feel like a lot of those people would have hated uh, Eli Manning because I know I was losing my mind with him. And I, you know, I, I was ready to get rid of Coughlin at that point. I thought Eli was going to have to do something. And then, I mean, the most magical thing ever happened during it. It's funny how that works. All right. Yeah. You mentioned Twitter. You've mentioned Twitter a couple of times. So we have a, we have a segment idea. So the segment, and by the way, Justin, is, by the way, Justin, what Clem just said about like the day, um, you back in the day would be uh-huh. a perfect. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So the segment is if Twitter was around four and then we'll then end the, then yep. end whatever time period that we want to talk about. So first things first, if you kind of just mentioned it, but if Twitter was around for the end of the 2006 season, your thoughts. It would have been ugly. And <laughs> there would have been a lot of receipts. There would have been a lot of old takes exposed. I probably, I'll, I'll be honest. I probably would have like gotten killed for some stuff I said along the way, you know, whether it was Eli Coughlin. Um, again, Tiki at that point was like a God. And then he just kind of retired on us though. Yeah. So that, that could have been interesting. Snacks would would no longer have a, a presence. He would have been suspended nope. by this point. That's, that's bad. <laughs> <And laughs> it goes from here. So uh, it would have been bad all around. And again, you just kind of take what's out there now. Um, and like the, the Accorsi stuff, Accorsi's remember, remembered very fondly now. A lot of the Accorsi stuff, you know, they choke in 02, the, the way they got killed in the Super Bowl in 2000, they could never get over the hump. That would have been like the, 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 uh, narrative along the way and that, that, that's that's kind of how it goes so i, I think it, it would have been a lot of, we would be all be looking pretty bad right now all the conversations we were just having with our friends if they were put on online like idiots because uh, the internet's in pen was it really a consensus at, at the time and i mean you know i was eight years old at the time which is crazy um was it really a consensus that you know coughlin was the asshole and tiki was the guy that was maybe dropping some truth that wanted to get out of there having a really all pro year. What, what was that consensus like? I think it was, I think it was mixed. I, I think everyone kind of, I don't think, you know, obviously the media, I don't think they love Coughlin because of, you know, he was rigid. And even to this point, like there's a chance like Coughlin changed before the 07 season. Again, the great America's game, the greatest movie yeah. of all time told me that, but it's like, if he doesn't make those changes throughout the off season, it probably doesn't lead to what it led to. And I think it was kind of a mix of both. I think, I think Giants fans are just so annoyed with everything and, and, you know, at that point, Coughlin had, you know, he got us to the playoffs a couple of times, but they hadn't done what this team was capable of doing, which obviously did the next year. Um, but I don't think anyone was was innocent in all this. I don't think Eli yeah. was. I don't think because Eli had those like two to three stinkers. You're just like, what is this guy's deal? It's like and, and then you're watching Peyton doing what he's doing. So it's like, oh, we got the, the bad Manning brother. We got don't even have the best quarterback in the 04 class because Roethlisberger is winning Super Bowls with the Steelers. And you're like, and then we traded the guy who might end up be better than him as well because he has Ladanian Tomlinson at running back. And at that point, I think Gates was already playing too. So it's like, yep. geez, it was it was a tough look. So um, it was just a lot of, I don't know, anger, I guess is the yeah. word for it. But it was it was very evenly displaced. I wouldn't say Tiki was, by, was seen as an angel at all. Um, especially because he had already had the run-ins with Strahan over the time. Um, but it, it's kind of crazy how those those comments did galvanize the fan base towards Eli. And I actually kind of thank him for it in the long run because, again, it, it's like it's when Daniel Jones is getting ripped by Giants fans and everyone was, I, I wanted Dwayne Haskins, which how does that look now, right? Um, that they were bad. But then when Baker Mayfield starts talking about us, it's like, well, screw you. It's like your family member. It's like I can talk bad about my family member. You can't talk bad about my family member. Yeah. So I think that's what it was kind of like back then. Somebody reminded me on Twitter today that Joe Theismann allowed uh, it was okay that that uh, 
that Dwayne Haskins was allowed to wear the number seven, which how, how nice of Joe Theismann. Uh, yeah, that, 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 what, a, what a great decision. Theismann, yeah, what a man. great decision. I also, <laughs> I also think Washington should retire Alex Smith's Jersey. If Houston's going to retire James Harden's Jersey. Um, I think, uh, I, just, I oh my God. You're, you're right. Snacks. I, right. No, I just, I'm, a, I'm just baffling what sports are nowadays. I'm a big juju guy. And I think I listen, they had a cutouts. He just said like the fact he even made the team last year is crazy. But like that can't be good juju cutting that guy. You know what I mean? After no, he helps uh, get your team to the playoffs. That's a, that's a very good <laughs> well, point. We wanted to why. I mean, it, hey, the the phrase that's been tossed around is that it was a mutual agreement to part ways. So maybe they're thinking about that. They're like, look, you're the NFL comeback player of the year. We can't be, it would be such a terrible PR move if we just cut you. So it was a mutual agreement. If that's a mutual agreement, I'm gonna wake up happy tomorrow. And you and you're gonna have black hair. Can I say snacks? Your your hair is looking really great right now. I just need to say that. Thank you. I I wanted to say that earlier in the show. Um, it it was distracting me earlier in the show. Now it's going to distract me again. Well, I'm sorry. I'm at like I'm at like peak week and a half uh, after haircut. So that's 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 prime time. I have another two days. So maybe tonight I'll go out and say hello to some people. You know, you never know. Maybe go mingle around, uh, looking looking like this. But you never know. I really appreciate you saying that, Justin. I I wanted to say the same snacks. I'm going to be honest. We came on and and we're like we're just kind of doing the introductions and everything. I was like the hair's popping and the week and a half is is the greatest mystery in life. You can't have them cut it to that length. There's just no way. It has to naturally happen to the week and a half. It's one of the most incredible things. It it really is. And I I I try and judge like if I and I appreciate the comment, Clem. I I I I did feel a good hair day after coming out of the shower today and doing the gel. Um, if I have like a wedding to go to, I, I know when to schedule my haircut. I'm not going to do it two days before because then it's not going to be peak where I want it to be. And we'll do it a week and a half before. So I know exactly on which day the wedding is that I will get out of the shower. I will dry my hair. I'll put my clothes on and I will spike my hair exactly to the length I want it to and to perfection. It's a science. It really is. Now I'm looking at both of you and I don't think that's much of a worry. So no, 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 you would be wrong because my hair at a week and a half is when it, it like you're not seeing it, but it's like if I if I go fresh fresh off a shave, it's too low, and if I go in three weeks, it looks like it's a little overgrown. Week and a half is the perfect length for me as well as a shave guy. So it's it's really crazy. I just I just grow like a chia pet. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do two more if Twitter if Twitter was around. Two more. Twenty ten, miracle in the Meadowlands. No. I think I might have been on Twitter back then. Well, it, well I'm so. I, I feel like, but I feel like Twitter back then wasn't what it is now. Right. Yeah. I think I think I had a Twitter in 2010, but in reaction, I was probably still reacting on Facebook at the time. I don't mm-hmm. think Twitter was what it was. Like once Deshaun, I couldn't imagine the explosion. I don't even know if Giants fans would tweet. I, I didn't tweet. I could tell you um, I've drank. I, I don't drink during Giants games. It's just not my thing. I don't like feeling buzzed during the games, anything like that. I drank two times in my life during Giants games, both against the Eagles. One was the miracle in the Meadowlands, folks. And let me tell you, that walk home was the longest walk home of my life. Uh, it was like it was like a walk to the subway or whatever. I was in Manhattan with some buddies. I was living in Queens at that point. And then the other one was the playoff game against the Eagles. So I really nailed those two pretty well. Um, in 2000, was that 2008? God damn, that game hurts. Um, mm-hmm. so if that was around though, and I again, I was on, I would not have tweeted, I would have probably just wrote pain, like if that was today, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, dunked on by the people I know. It's the people who don't even follow me that know I'm a Giants fan, and I'm like, 
who the fuck are you? Get out of here. Come on. So I would just completely operation shut down. That's an old uh, Mets reference there. Derek Bell, when he just straight up stopped playing, even though he's cashing a paycheck, I would just go operation shut down all the lights off in the house, d- close the windows, order $40 worth of food. And whenever it's done, it's done. And I'm not saying a thing until then, but yeah, if, like we lived through some pretty bad things, even recently as giants fans, right. Mm-hmm. A lot of like embarrassing stuff that would probably take the cake. And I say to this day, Eagles fans still try to get under my skin about it. And it's, there is still like, it's still a scar. I could still feel it when people do it, but we literally won the Super Bowl the next year yeah. against an 18 and 0 team Dang. or not. That wasn't 18. I'm sorry. That was, but we won the yeah. Super Bowl next year and we had just won one against an undefeated team three years earlier. So in the end, like I would have been all right, but uh, the text messages I got as soon as that happened, they were not great. I'll just say that. Yeah. It's, it's fine because that was, um, that was the, that was the, I, I had to make a wish that year. So all, all these things. And my, my wish was to have giant season tickets for one year. So I, I wanted to call myself a giant season ticket. Holder. I didn't want to go to some luxurious vacation. I didn't care about meeting anybody. I wanted to be called the giant season ticket holder. And that was the last game. I had 10, my, my seats were 10 rows up from that end zone. That scumbag ran in. I, I, I could visually see it to this day. And it, it was the, the, I remember being 10 years old and Trey Junkin missing that snap in, in 2002 against, against the Niners, begging my parents not to go to school the next day because I was so upset. I didn't have, I, I had nowhere to beg after this game. I didn't know what to do at that time. It was, it was absolutely awful. Um, but I, I digress. There's, I just, I don't really want to talk about it. Although it did propel us to a Super Bowl the next year. So Tiki did it in 06. Matt Dodge did it in 2010. So we thank them both and they'll live on in Giants history forever. I got, I got one last one. Matt Dodge. Um, <sighs> I, I know, I know, I know. But it's okay. It's okay. These are happy vibes, happy vibes. And speaking of happy, um, there's a drug that makes you happier. So I hear um, when people do uh, cocaine and whatnot. I, I heard, I, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not an advocate for it. Lawrence Taylor, the greatest football player of all time. Could you imagine a story coming out that the best player at the time, Lawrence Taylor, this matriarch of football, changed the game forever, comes out, he's doing cocaine everywhere. I, I don't know what Twitter does. Like, does, does, does he get canceled? I, I can't imagine what, what goes on in, in that instance. And I could, I could say, I don't know. I don't know anybody's – Lawrence Taylor and um, my dad found him in the bathroom doing cocaine in a strip club on Route 17 in New Jersey, just saying. I had what to, is – Clem – I feel bad for Clem because he doesn't listen to this show. But sorry. Snacks – It's a great story. You have all of these stories where your father just ru- he runs into story. Otis Anderson. He yeah. runs into didn't he run into McConkey once? McConkie, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- but this is a good one because it was a script club and it was Lawrence Taylor doing coke in the bathroom. That's a pretty good story. It's relevant to the to the hypothetical here. It's rel it's relevant to the hypothetical. Sharing it, with the class. Yeah, exactly. You know, you Justin, you've never watched The Sopranos, but but Clem, you know the Bada Bing. I was gonna say your dad strikes me as a Soprano side character right now. That's exactly what I was gonna say. You're talking Route 17 and everything. I was gonna yeah. say. Oh yeah, dad. no, and it, it was the Bing. It was the Bing. This is where it was, and it's funny. Satin dolls? Was that Satin dolls? That was Satin dolls. Yes. Oh. I, it's a true story. And I asked my, I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I don't believe you at all. And it was backed up by two of the people he was with. So I'm like, okay, I believe it. And today, I get to brag about it. I wasn't there. I wasn't born, but I believe it absolutely. It's Lawrence Taylor, Route 17, on the way to the stadium. Boom. By the way, uh, Sopranos wise, real quick. My father's Tony, my mother's Carmela, and my brother's Anthony. That's how it goes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, me- I'm, I'm Meadow. No, no, no like really. Yeah, Meadow, I'm, yeah. I'm Meadow. I'm the best looking one, but. <laughs> I mean, with that hair, I ain't going to disagree right now. So you're fucking <laughs> feeling it. Um, oh, man. I can't believe you said that with Roots. I, I, my, my wedding, um, we were, 
we got married in Tuxedo, New York, which is right up by the Jersey border. And then our, uh, our reception, uh, shoot, I can't remember. Our, our reception was somewhere in Stony Point, New York, but our hotel, we had to have the guest stay at a hotel. And there was two hotels that were like drivable distance. And one of them was where Lawrence Taylor was called with the underage girl. So I was like, well, we got to cross that one off the list now. <laughs> either, either that or you snacks. You might've like gone to the hotel because of that it has like a little giant's notoriety. To it. Just, just like, being there, breathing the same, breathing the same air. Lawrence, Crazy. Lawrence Taylor was there. <laughs> so it's funny too. I always say whenever you're around a Jersey resident, if you're any, if you're in a mile re- area uh, radius of the sand dolls, they'll tell you that's the bottom being strip club. Every single Jersey person I've ever been tells you that it's, it's hilarious. Um, this is the thing about the Lawrence Taylor cocaine story. It basically happened with the Giants, you know, recently when Odell Beckham, the the model doing the, now obviously he didn't get suspended for it, but it was like, I, as a Giants fan, I went into spin zone mode and it's like, Hey, he's just having fun with a young girl who, if that, you know, a, a substance, I just called it a substance, whatever it may be. So I would just be spin zoning it for Lawrence Taylor in the eighties. It's probably like, Oh, that dude knows how to party. And like, we'd, we probably all be doing this podcast on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying thought the three of us on cocaine talking together. Well, that, <laughs> that, would, that would be then. bad. Yeah, that, 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 that is true. It's so long. And, and I love the spin zone aspect of it because if, if I'm passionate about somebody or a team or anything, it doesn't matter what you do. If I like you and I love, I'm spin zoning the absolute hell out of it. doesn't matter. Anything, anything LeBron, I hate LeBron James. Oh, anything Jesus he does, anything he does, I'll spin zone it to a bad thing. Any single thing, any argument that somebody makes, I'll spin zone it differently because I hate that scumbag. Sorry, Justin. Yeah. I, I had, oh man, I was so exhausted by the end of the Odell era. And listen, I love the guy. The guy gave us so much memories and he did all that stuff. But by the end of it, I was just spin zoning every single thing he did. I was so exhausted. I was like, it was a sweet release when he like went to Cleveland. I was like, all right, this is best for the both of us. I yeah. no longer have to spin everything you do. And a lot of stuff wasn't even his fault. It was a lot of the media. I'm already like spin zoning his old stuff. <laughs> now. But a lot of it was the media stuff. And it's just like, it was not meant to be here in New York. So uh, yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Uh, Clem, one final question. Can you imagine snacks on? cocaine <laughs> wait are we talking the food or the man because either it sounds <laughs> well there's only one snacks in my life um there's only one oh, kind of snacks in i my was life. thinking of snacks harrison too. no I no no we've, we've made players we've made clear. There was, snacks there harrison tweeted snacks. me snacks harrison tweeted me last week called me the fake snacks i was pissed <laughs> that's not a man you mess with uh no. i just figure like he has cocaine like like it's just in his blood it's from the bing bathroom or whatever it got in it's just like perpetually in his system he just has it oh you know what it's uh i've been i've been told that i don't drink any coffee or anything so uh people or no energy drinks people ask me where i get this energy and i just tell them fuel blood uh, fuel blooded adrenaline and passion that's it <laughs> and being a, and being a two-time super bowl champ well clem goddamn right Clem, thank you so much for for joining us on this uh, on this Friday on this Friday afternoon. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's start the weekend. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Keep on bleeding blue, Clem. We'll have to do this again. We'll have to talk more Giants history. We'll have to talk more fandom. Hopefully, we get to go to some more games, experience MetLife Stadium. Hopefully, we get you to come down uh, to Jersey soon. So be well, snacks. We'll see everybody next week. We're talking some free agency next week. That's what we're doing on bleeding blue. Awesome. That's what we're doing. So. Keep on bleeding blue. See you next week.